Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Everybody and welcome into the Graham Lincoln McLean podcast. Some were saying, Mac, that because we only had four games in the ACC this weekend, that it might be a little bit of a slower weekend. But that was not the case. Every one of these games, maybe besides Miami Virginia Tech, even though that game in the end was decided by single digits, every one of these games was intriguing at least until the fourth quarter with Cuse and NC State and Clemson Florida State was intriguing to the fourth quarter. Duke UNC was wild. We had some good ones this weekend, Mac. No, there's no question. And we, we knew that, right? We knew it was this uh, sneaky little weekend that, that had some jam-packed matchups that, again, that's just kind of where we're going to be for the, the rest of the season here with, with the matchups that are looking ahead. So I'm excited. It, it's going to be an interesting thing to you know just see who continues to separate. Uh, a team like Georgia Tech, do they rise up uh, you know, and, and keep pushing, which they have a great opportunity this weekend to keep climbing in that coastal. And then a team like Miami who, you know, I, I feel like, myself at least a little bit, maybe other folks in the media have kind of written them off, but they, they're only one game down in the Coastal. And I know they need some help because obviously Carolina's leading it and they, Carolina beat them, but I think there's going to be a crazy finish on that side. It just it just seems normal that for Coastal Chaos in its last year, yeah. for there to be something wild that happens, we'll see. Well, it's perfect because the Coastal continues to be its crazy self where you right. never know what's going to happen. And then on the flip side, the Atlantic is really good with four ranked teams. And five ranked teams overall in this week's AP poll that just came out on Sunday evening. Clemson is five. Wake Forest is 13. Syracuse is 14. A top 15 Syracuse. Don't look down. Come on. North Carolina jumps in there at 22. NC State stays ranked at 23. And I think it's good that UNC jumped in finally. They deserve it. Right. That's Syracuse, right. though. I mean, who would have thought, Mac, a top 15 Clemson-Syracuse game in the middle of October next week? Uh, I don't think anybody. And Nobody. if they did, they're lying. I don't think anybody from Syracuse either, because if they did, they'd be lying. So it, it, it's a fascinating thing. I want to ask your thoughts uh, on this, because we we had a heated debate um about this and, and about the the top five, if you will, yeah. Where, where would you put, where would you put Clemson? Where would you have Clemson in your in your top whatever? I think I would have had them at four, but over Michigan or over yeah. somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I think Michigan, like guys, Penn State's not any good. Why the hell are they ranked tenth? That they hadn't beaten anybody. Like, what are we talking about? So, just for reference, okay, Georgia's one, Ohio State's two, Tennessee's three, Michigan four, Clemson five, Alabama six, Mac. I, for one, am pretty shocked they draw Bama that much. I kind of thought that it would be a Clemson-Bama discussion for four and not necessarily Clemson-Michigan. Now, I just think the Big Ten is is that bad, but, you know, that's my own personal biases. We all have that. <laughs> um, but I do like that Tennessee moved up. I, I think Tennessee yeah. should be one. I mean, why I are they too. not one, Mac? Why are they yeah, not one? No, I completely agree. I think when you look at who's playing the best, who has the, the most impressive record, you know, the, the things that they've been able to accomplish – I mean, I I don't know. The only reason Ohio, they're not Ohio State is because does of, look good. Yeah, it's but, because uh, of previous. It's but what we thought previously. That's the only yeah. reason. Exactly. The only reason. Exactly. So I, I'm with you. And the Michigan thing, I had to look up some some numbers for this exercise because all these people are like, oh, well, why would you have Michigan over, or why would you have Clemson over Michigan? You're, you're just a, a homer. This and that. I said, guys, listen. Number one, I can just see. Okay, I'm eyeballs, and I can see what the teams look like. But two, when you look at these different things and, and the strength of record, mm-hmm. the strength of schedule, 
who they've actually played, and then even opponent record. Like Clemson dominates in every one of those categories. And so to me, it's, I don't know, it's not even a discussion really, but hey, those writers, uh, I'm sure they watch all the games super diligently. I can't wait to see the the voting when it comes out. I think Reddit always posts it uh, where it like shows who everybody yes, who had mm-hmm. where. Because uh, it's always fun to go and see those uh, where the writers had everybody. So I'm excited for that. This is not a just less hate on Penn State podcast, but like Florida State, Penn State, <laughs> I think that would be a great game. <laughs> And depending on where it's played, I think I think Florida State and we'll get into Clemson FSU, which let's just dive into it, Mac. I think Florida State is just so much better than their record. I've been so impressed with Florida State. Now, they've played a much tougher schedule than Penn State, so they've taken their lumps. There's no doubt about that. And I know I guess Penn State tried with Auburn. Auburn's terrible. But FSU just falls short again, Mac. Number four, number Clemson was number four. Now they're five. Number four, Clemson 34, FSU 28. It's just brutal right now for FSU fans to have these losses all in a row. You played really the three best teams in the league, arguably Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson, back to back to back. You lose all three, and they got off to a great start, Mac. The beginning of that game, when FSU rolled down the field and scored and then rolled down the field again, we had talked about Clemson being able to stop the run, and that was not the case early. What, what do you think is the overall issue with FSU? Is it a lack of depth? Because it feels like either they get off to a great start, NC State-Clemson, mm-hmm. or the weight game, they get off to a terrible start, but then they fight back and they look like the better team in the second half. They're tough to figure out. Yeah, you know what is fascinating about it? It's, you know, you look at these moments that happen and, and what changed the game, and that sack fumble was massive, okay? That, that was a huge kind of swing in momentum, That just took a lot of things out because Clemson scored really quickly after that. And then then the third quarter. Clemson gets the ball back at halftime. Shipley runs for a 70-yard kick return and then the next play, touchdown. So you're talking about a 14-point swing that just came out of nowhere uh, you know, like that. And, and I think it took a little bit of the wind out of their sails. And, you know, momentum is is a real thing. And you feel it. You understand it. You know it happens. And as, as a player, I just think that that can kind of jump on you. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Yep. The key that I think is so important for Florida State is how they've responded to Wake Forest, to, uh, you know, Clemson. F- or, excuse me, NC State, they kind of let that – they lost that game. They I, were I don't up necessarily yeah. know if, if NC State won it. They lost. Um, and so with those two, though, with Wake and, and Clemson, they had to fight back and they had to claw back and they didn't quit. And, and that's what I think you, you you don't have these imaginary successes or wins for a program. But, you know, to me, that shows growth and that shows signs of you're building the right kind of stuff and, and you're, you're doing it the right way. And I think that's a telltale of things to come. And, and I know probably Florida State fans are like, well, we want it right now. We yeah. want this and that. But be patient. I think you have an awesome coach in place. I think you have a system that is super fun. I mean, I went back and watched every play of that Clemson-Florida State game and just the things that both offenses were running. Mm-hmm. It was creative. It was fresh. It was really just exciting to watch. And uh, they, they ran the ball at will. I mean, I, I didn't see that at all uh, going to happen against this Clemson defense. And, I mean, they, they carved Clemson up. Right, and they've done that all year. I mean, Florida State can absolutely run the ball. As you mentioned, going forward for FSU, they only have one ranked team left. I mean, this is a team, if you win out, you finish, what is that? They're four and three right now. One, two, three, four, they have five left. Okay, so you finish, does that make sense? Wait, what am I What am I missing here? How many games have they played? 
Are they four and three, Mac? They're four and three. <laughs> and you have five games left? Oh, duh, that's 12. Oh, my gosh. You finished nine and three. That's great. Sorry, y'all. I had another fall wedding this weekend. You can see <laughs> the brain is struggling. Nine and three, Mac. That would be an excellent finish. <laughs> it would. It would. <laughs> For Florida State. I mean, and it's I, very I possible. Think, yeah. When, when you look at it, I mean, you've got, <laughs> I'm dying right now. You've got Georgia Tech next. Um, which looks like after a bye week. So, you know, yeah. lick your wounds, take this three, you know, game skid here and, and get ready. Uh, Cause I assume Georgia tech is, is still going to be hot at that point. Uh, but, but it's at home. You're going to be back with I your fans who, who were loud and exciting and, and sounded great. Then you're going to Miami. Then you're going to Syracuse. And then you finish off with, with a homestand against Louisiana, who, you know, is what it is. And Florida, a game that you should have won last year, that you didn't, but there's going to be at home. Florida has good players and, and certainly exciting, but, you know, you feel really great about winning that. And so as you just said there, to, to finish with a nine-win season, I mean, I, I don't think any FSU fan would have expected that this year. We'll see. There's still a lot of football left. And, yes, that is five games left for the um, ridiculous lack of math skills that I just displayed. <laughs> Mac was like – I felt like Mac was looking at me and thinking, she'll get there. She'll get there. At some point, like, she'll figure that out. Let's let's talk about the Clemson side, Mac. I thought the biggest difference in the game might have been Clemson's D-line eventually was eventually, I mean, throughout the game, but I thought the depth there wore FSU down and they were able to get to FSU, get to Jordan Travis and force that fumble. Mm-hmm. But the big difference, and, and Mac, let me just be honest. Let me peel the curtain back. Mac and I had a discussion off air last week or maybe the week before where I said, and Mac didn't really agree, but I was like, Mac, I don't feel like Will Shipley has been that explosive. And I think that's been an issue for Clemson. Like, when is he just going to break a 50-yard run? When is he going to do that? Well, he decided to do it in this game. Will Shipley was the absolute difference maker, game changer, the kick return, um, the big 50-yard run he broke. I mean, all these different things that Shipley did. He was the difference maker. So even though he didn't even know I was thinking that about him, I will take it back because the explosiveness was there. <laughs> he was just the go-to guy. I mean, I, I think that ultimately was the the difference maker. I mean, he had like 230-something yeah. total yards. all-purpose yards with, with the massive kick return, was an absolute weapon, was the leading you know, receiver in regards to receptions uh, for Clemson. They, they just got him the ball in space. It was funny that that's what he said what he against said. the NC State. Uh, and, and I think this Florida State team, as good as NC State defensively is, this Florida State team was was almost more of a difficult challenge because they're faster. I mean, you look at those linebackers, you look at those DBs, they were flying sideline to sideline, and, and Ship had to make a move. Clemson players had to make a move to, to avoid that and then get going. Um, he was fantastic. I mean, just an answer with everything that he did. Ran the ball so hard. I mean, there, there was a couple of plays where he's just going through guys, and I'm just, whoo. That's, it's impressive yeah. to see. Uh, only a sophomore, a true sophomore, still a lot of room to grow and to get better. So it, it's going to be fascinating. What's the final product of Will Shipley going to be? Who who knows there? I thought DJ played out of his mind again. Um, I mean, he is just stacking games on games. Away environment, top-rated environment, great opponent. It doesn't matter. He, he plays better. In, in the three you know toughest games Clemson's played this year opponent-wise, he has like 12 touchdowns, he's zero turnovers. He's best, yeah. I mean, he, he's just lights out and makes great decisions. Um, there was a couple of times where he's staring a guy down just to move a safety. Boom, hits the tight end in the flats. He has that little trick play, little flea flicker, where 
you know, the, the defender's right there. He, he either has to lead him where there's a possibility for the defender to catch up or zip it right over his head, which is what he did through a beautiful pass. But the first touchdown, KG, that's what I, I that's where I think if I could wrap up his entire season of of what's the difference in DJ? What, what how has he changed? That one play was it because it was a free man rushing. He didn't panic. He didn't open his stance and sit there like a cement angel. He slid over just a little bit. He moved his hips and threw a perfect ball, you know, for this 40-yard, 36-yard, whatever it was, 59, actually, excuse me, it was a bomb, 59-yard touchdown that was just beautiful. And I think a year ago, he either gets sacked, throws it in the dirt, or launches it out of bounds. Mm -hmm. And just to see the growth from that young man, and with his running as well, should have had another touchdown, but it got called back. Just, I can't say enough about his development and and the things that he's done, the trust, continual trust uh, Dabo Sweeney and this staff has had for him. And just this playbook and, and opening it up and being creative and getting it to the tight ends right. and getting everybody involved, you just love to see it. I thought specifically after the Shipley return, the flea flicker was just excellent play calling. I mean, that, that was that was perfect. Take a shot. Come on. When something yeah. like that happens, you got to yeah. strike. You have to. And they did a great job. And to your point, DJ has played his best in the biggest games. His oh. ability to move around in the pocket just subtly and avoid an oncoming defender and give himself an extra second to make a play, that may be one of the biggest differences between right. last year and this year with DJ. It's Completely. just a, it's made such a huge difference. So Clemson rolls, they're seven and oh. Before we move on to the other games, any concern, Mac, about how they let FSU back in the game? This game was 34 to 14. It ended up 34 to 28. Any concern there? Um yes and no. I mean, I, I think that Florida State did some really good things. When when you look at it, a lot of folks were saying, man, Clemson went super conservative. Why do they do that? Not really, because when if you look at it, you look at the game, they march down the field, DJ scores a touchdown, holding, call it back, move the chains. I think they got tackled for loss or something of that nature, had to kick a field goal. You look at the next drive, three and out. The drive after that, Clemson marches down the field in scoring territory again, 15-yard penalty, out of scoring range, have to, to punt. Uh, the the next play, I think it, w- it was another drive that maybe stalled out on the the their own forty, and Clemson decided to punt and pin them deep. And Florida State just answered that they, they yeah. just turned it up. They they played really well, and you know maybe it was I don't know when you're up twenty something and the game seems like it's over. Maybe it's a lack of interest and you know things like that. But I, I think it's more so credit to Florida State and Jordan Travis because there was a couple of times during those two touchdown drives there in the fourth quarter where he was dead in the water, like he was. If it was Phil Dracovic, yes. if it was Brennan Armstrong, if it was anybody else that wasn't as athletic and elusive as as him, it's a sack. And one of them was a safety, but he escapes and it's a 20-yard gain. He's and unreal just, with that. Yeah, something like that just takes the, the wind out of your sails there. And they had another massive play to, to Johnny Wilson, mm-hmm. had a, a huge play to the big tight end that like nobody wanted to tackle. He just kept running all over people. So I think more of a, of a credit to FSU. Uh, but certainly, you know, I, I'm sure that Coach Sweeney and, and Wes Goodwin are, are not happy about that that finish and, and a 14-point fourth quarter for FSU. I agree. I think that's well put. And <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you see Mac is wearing his Clemson shirt. Mac, how did it feel to have to make EJ wear that Clemson shirt throughout the entire postgame? Yeah, well, I, okay, so I have to peel back the curtain here, kind of tell you because I know you're at the wedding. So it was supposed to be the whole game. We were supposed to do an interview, so I didn't want him to look unprofessional 
for okay. the interview and we didn't know if it was going to happen or not. So I was like, EJ, we'll just do this for like the last block of the show. So he only had to wear it for like five minutes. You're too TV. nice. You're too I'm nice. Too nice. Because guess what? If it was the other way around, he would have made me no. wear that crap. No, no. I promise you would have. Listen, he's the guy. He's the type of guy if you bet $5, it's like a joke. Oh, $5. He will text you until you give him the $5. That's That will happen. He's that type of well, guy. So he's going to hold on to his bets. So, But it's the second year in a row now. Yeah. I mean, I might as well just buy him some Clemson stuff and say, hey, just bring your shirt. We'll do the bet. Just wear your shirt. You don't have to wear mine. Just wear your own. I'll get you one for Christmas. <laughs> I did like that picture, though, that was on Twitter. and Pretty good. Yeah. I we, think that burned a little it. bit more. You know, it wasn't just a Paul. Like, it was it was a Clemson man. I think it burned a little bit. <laughs> EJ Manuel, a Clemson man. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't like that. Doesn't like that at all. All right, let's move on to these other games. Syracuse, now number 14, defeats NC State 24-9. And I don't know why I keep starting with the losers of these games, but we <laughs> haven't really, <laughs> I don't know. We haven't really been able to address the news that came out on Saturday about Devin oh, Leary. Right. Yeah. And he's out for the remainder of the season. And that, that is just brutal. And it, you know who I thought of? I thought of the Joes. I thought of these guys who've been burning these candles and these poor NC State, I mean, and Devin Leary, of course, he's injured and that's bad. But these NC State fans that have just been through it, and this is their best team in a long time, and this is a very good team, but without Devin Leary, there's only so much you can accomplish. And right. I think that showed in this game against Syracuse. Chambers had his moments. I mean, he he did what he could. I didn't feel like he did everything he could, but they just couldn't get in the end zone. You didn't have that Devin Leary factor. And Syracuse credit Syracuse as well, but this team, they they just – it doesn't feel like they can get where they should go without Devin Leary. Yeah, and, and I think kind of on a, a lighter, somewhat joking note first, like why why does this stuff happen to NC State? I don't know. Like baseball, basketball, women's basketball, football now for a lot of different times. It's just – it's crazy. It's crazy to look at like the bad luck that surrounds this program of, of certain things. On a very serious note, I, I feel horrible for Devin yeah. and – a guy that had so much expectation for himself from the media, the excitement level around the program, for, for it to come to a halt this way just absolutely stinks. I am happy for him that he elected to have the surgery. It sounded like just kind of vibes that I got that it was maybe his decision to get that done and think that's the best thing for him. Now the interesting thing is, KG, what does he do? Does he come back you know, for, for another year at, at school? Or does he still go? Because I think he'll still get drafted and, and be a, a nice draft pick. But I think if he comes back and has the year that you know he's supposed to, I mean, he can be a first or second rounder. So will be a very interesting kind of business decision and, and all the information that he'll get. I'm sure you know he'll go through the process where he gets a grade and, and things like that. And you know we'll certainly find out what's best for him. But selfishly, I'd love to have Devin Leary back for another year. So yeah, come on back, Devin. Be great. Be great to talk to you. (laughs) Exactly. And in my mind, I'm thinking, wait, he has another year, but he does because of the COVID year. I mean, he's got another season. So that's a little bit of a blessing in disguise. I did just look up just to be clear. He is 23 years old and will turn 24 next September. But we're seeing all these old dudes in the SEC, Hinton Hooker, Stetson Bennett. Playing till they're 30. So at least it It works out. Yeah, that's good for for Devin (laughs) and makes me feel better about the situation. Mac for Syracuse, 
And we mentioned this. Okay, Devin Leary's out. It's not going to take away from the win, especially for a program like Syracuse. Beat who's on your schedule. Beat who's in front of you with whatever quarterback runs out there. And they did that. I I thought this game shouldn't have been as close. I thought the two Garrett Schrader picks, especially the one in the end zone, those prevented this game from getting out of hand. Syracuse looked like the better team. But in the end, Schrader overall, I thought he played pretty well. He just had those two picks that may have been on the wide receivers a little bit. And then Sean Tucker put that nail in the coffin at the end, too. Yeah, well, I I think, you know, Syracuse did what they had, what they needed to do, what they should do against a team that doesn't have their leader and best player. You limit them to no touchdowns, to to three field goals. You contain them to less than 100 rushing yards, which we saw against Florida State to end the the game there. That's all NC State could do. Um, I I will give credit to Jack Chambers. He did play effectively at times. He did show glimpses. And just to talk about them for one more second, I I think what NC State has to do, unless they're going to go to MJ Morris, which – he didn't look super comfortable when he got his his series there. If they're going to stay with Jack, and, and if if the goal is still to win as many games as we can, which obviously it should be. There's no tanking like, in college football. <laughs> right. You're not getting a draft pick out of this. Um, like you, you, you need to adjust your offense because yeah. I think when you saw glimpses of Jack playing very well, it was towards the end of the game and when you were in hurry up. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Coach about this on air on TV there. That's what they had to do with Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward, and I know this, this, I'm not saying Jack's Charlie. Like, don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, Charlie was not comfortable in pro huddle up, one, two, three, drop back, pass. Like, Charlie had to run the two-minute drill to be effective. He had to run a fast break offense uh, to, to be comfortable and to be rolling and, and to see that speed. That's what we saw from NC State to end the game there. And he was rolling and dealing yeah. and throwing shots and moving out of the pocket and Coach Rick kind of called it playground football. Just spread everybody out and let your playmaker create. And so I would love to see that adjustment from NC State because I think that he is a special talent. He was their leading rusher, leading passer. Like, let's just throw all our chips in there and and see what happens. So it'll be fascinating to see. But again, on the Syracuse side, love what I saw offensively. Schrader, that that one touchdown uh, pick that happened there, that, that was a little bit on him. He threw it inside and a little low. Tanner Engel was able to go up and make a really good play. The second, in which that was points, so 31 to, to 9. Most likely. The second pick was a lazy route by the receiver. He didn't really sell the 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 end cut. And then when he he broke outside, he was riding the the out of bounds. You have to give your quarterback at least four yards where he can fade you and you can have that room. He didn't do that, so there's no room. Honestly, Garrett should have thrown it away, but he didn't. And so it's an easy play for the defensive back. But love the scheme, love the attack, love the play calling. I mean, there was one point, KG, where I, I love Coach and I. I really do. I think he's a genius. I'd love to sit down with him for an hour or so and just talk football and see how his brain works. But Gadsden, we know, is the guy, right? Eight oh, receptions, yeah. 140, 150 yards, two touchdowns. They put him in the backfield as a running back yes. and ran a rail route for a touchdown. I mean, that that was nuts. And it's almost like... Hey, what's that guy doing back there? He's got to be getting the ball, but no one gotta like, be. paid attention to him, and he's wide open for a touchdown. So I, I am fat moving forward, looking at this week, and we'll do this way more in depth on Friday and a little bit of Wednesday, a little hint on a guest here. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot wait to see what the game plan is against Clemson because, number one, I think it's going to have to be creative. Number two, if Clemson's able to eliminate one of those three-headed kind of monsters there, what what's the answer? What is Syracuse going to do? So it's going to be fascinating. We're gonna we found out a little bit about Syracuse. Like I said, we would offensively. They they were able to you know really play well 
against this good defense, this is a this is another beast. This is a whole nother level. Especially at Clemson, there's that right. factor as well. Right. Mac, we talk about Garrett Schrader becoming a brand new man. We've discussed this. We talk about Sean Tucker being that dude. Perhaps we should say that I, I would say one of the biggest differences between Syracuse right now being six and zero, or perhaps four and two, is Orande Gadsden the second. Like this guy. Yeah. He's really emerged. And you can't just say, you said it, they're not a two-headed monster anymore. They're a three-headed monster with Gadsden. I mean, this guy is legit at wide receiver. And he's unstoppable at times. Yeah, and and just think preseason. We had no clue who was going to step up. We had no clue who was going to be wide receiver one for these guys, who was going to step up and be a playmaker. Thought it was just going to be committee. And honestly... If you watch the first couple of games, we, we probably thought it was going to be Sean Tucker. We, we thought he was going to be the leading receiver, just the way that they were getting him the football. And so you're absolutely right. Got to give that a ton of credit for this young man emerging as a very reliable target, going up and, and making crazy plays. I will say if, if there's a concern kind of coming out of this game, it's just going to be the health of, of the team. Because I, I saw Garrett Williams go down and not return. Probably their best corner. I, I saw Chestnut, who arguably could be the best corner, depending on what you like right. and who you who you want there. He wasn't in to end the game, so I don't know if he was hurt, what was going on there. So if you're missing your two best corners against this high-powered offense of, of Clemson, Michael Jones went down for a little bit, but I, I think he's fine. He came back in. It, it's going to be interesting. So something to certainly keep our eye on is health-wise for the Syracuse defense, a unit that statistically is the best in the ACC, mm-hmm. rolling into Death Valley. What are they going to look like? Yeah, this defense is really good. But to your point, they they need to be healthier or at least somewhat healthy for Clemson. Mac, I want to give a shot. We knew Florida State's environment would be lit for Clemson. Syracuse's environment was awesome. It was sold out. 49,000, I believe, was the total. And you could just see how into it these fans were and how loud it was for NC State. So credit credit Syracuse fans. Fun fact. I've got to tell you this, oh, go too. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me the fact. I was just going to say, every single game, there are only four games this weekend, but every single game in the ACC was sold out. They, they're not going to tell just you that. more, baby. They're, just means they're more. They're not going to tell you that on some other college football podcast, Mac. Duke, Wallace Wade was sold out with 40,000 <laughs> right. strong, and then Virginia yep. Tech always sold out. Those those poor Hoagie fans just doing what they can. I, I, I joke about it just means more. If we add up all the ACC games, we get close to the capacity of Neyland Stadium. So we're, we're getting Maybe. close. There. I just want to say, I, I'm joking a little bit, but it's kind of kind of true. Well, Neyland, um, yeah, Neyland was, was lit. <laughs> That was awesome, by the way. Shout out to the Falls. Let's go. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention, if you mentioned the dome there and, and the great atmosphere, we interviewed Dino Babers at the end of the, the show there, kind of just congratulating him, all this stuff. And we asked about the dome, and he was using it as a as a recruiting thing, as a selling yeah. point. He said, listen, in the eastern seaboard this entire weekend, you had wind, you had rain, you had horrible weather. We play in a dome, <laughs> and it's always perfect. It was so funny. And it's true, though. It's true. I mean, think about that. Every home so game true. you play – Will be perfect conditions, no outside forces, mm-hmm. just go ball out. I love that. That was awesome. I love that Dino's always recruiting too. You can He's always count on Dino. He's the go. He is. He's the best. <laughs> okay, let's talk about North Carolina and Duke. North Carolina Ooh. escapes. They beat Duke 38 to 35. Again, Wallace Wade was rocking. I haven't seen <laughs> Wallace Wade look like that in a very long time. And mm-hmm. I think it helped Duke out. The the final series or the final stretch, I would say, of that game. 
where Duke scored and you think the game's over, it's called back from a chop block. Mac has more on that. They miss the field goal. And then Drake May leads UNC down the field and they score and they walk it off, basically. Crazy finish if you missed it for Duke UNC. Go look it up on YouTube. But Duke, again, I'm starting with the loser. I don't know why. Duke looked good, Mac, and their offense came back to life. Jalen Calhoun played, which I thought was big, but their offense came back to life. I don't did know what anyone happened. Predict, did anyone predict that offense would come back to life? You, you did, know that did, but that? we both thought UNC would cover, and they oh, did fine. not. Do we know anybody who said, Mac, how are they going to score? Mac, what are you talking about? <laughs> wow, what a great impression of me. <laughs> That's all I was thinking in my head. I was like, I cannot wait to rub this in KG's face. Come I mean, on. Duke at home. But Duke at home. Duke They're at different. home. Duke at home. And, and playing Carolina. With all due respect, UNC's defense. <laughs> with that in mind, how about Carolina's defense, though? Winning the game for them. They the past always two do weeks. after they give up 50. <laughs> a million points and yards, but they get the game winning interception two weeks in a row. Absolutely nuts. Um, let me start with Riley Leonard here because this young man is such a freaking warrior. Tough as nails. I, I, every time I watch him play and he's kind of in the zone like this, all I think back is to our interview with him where he go, where we asked him, why, why'd you choose football over basketball? You're a really good basketball player. He said, there's no position in any sport. Like quarterback, where you can take over and control everything. Yep. And that's what he did. I mean, he he rushed for 130 yards. Like, he's a freak. He's an absolute freak to see. And it's not like he's this super physically imposing guy. He just is gritty, tough, can see, has great vision, and and knows when to hit it. And just took off in a 74-yard touchdown run. He can win 360 windmill. 360 windmill. I mean, you're pretty athletic. (laughs) But, I mean, he doesn't look – if he walks in, you're not like, okay, that guy can 360 win, though. You're just like, uh, he's probably a shooter. Typical. <laughs> That's what you would say. He's a Why shooter. Why would you think Don't that, Don't let Matt? that guy shoot. Yeah, you know, just unforeseen reasons. Um, but he threw the ball super effective. He, he, had, he did everything that he could and should yeah, he did. to win the game. People around him didn't do their part, and ultimately Duke loses. And so you mentioned that chop block. I had a lot of people in DMs, comments, all these things say, what the heck? Can you explain this, this, and that? And so what is interesting, I wish we could pull it up. I'm sorry. We we don't want to get sued here and show you the film. But what happened is the right tackle set. His defensive end crosses his face, goes inside. He follows him. And then there's a blitz coming off the edge, a linebacker or safety. I can't remember. And so he kind of reacts because I think he thinks that he has help from the guard. Mm-hmm. And he kind of jumps back out last second to pick up that blitz. Well, the running back is already committed to that side. So that's what tells me it wasn't a slide side and he wasn't supposed to do that because the running back instantly inserted there. Okay. And so the running backs, I have this big guy coming. I got to chop him. I got to get him down, which is very normal and exactly what that guy should do. As he's going down to chop, the tackle slides back out and puts his hands on that guy that he's chopping. It didn't affect anything. It was not a health or safety concern, but by the book. But it's a rule, technically. That is a high-low, and that's a 15-yard penalty, and it erased a touchdown that would have sealed the game for Duke, and they back up 15 yards, I think had another negative play, and then had to kick a field goal and missed. And so it's just crazy. The margin of error when you're playing in a game that is played this well and at this high level is razor thin. And it's literally a couple of centimeters and one hand on a guy that changes an entire game. 
overall thought Duke did really well. They played super physical. They got after Drake May. Yeah. Like I didn't think that they could, uh, which was impressive to see. I hope they can build on that when you're talking about a team like Florida State still in a loss. What are things that they're doing? Duke in a, in a loss. How are they building on that? But ultimately, uh, Drake May, one of the best players in the country, yep. answered the bell every single time. Also rushed you know, very impressively and, and had big gains when his team needed him. Threw the ball at a very impressive clip. And I think kind of – I mentioned that deal with DJ kind of to sum up his season. Mm-hmm. I think what sums up uh, Drake's season is the game winner and, and the yeah. fact that he is going to his guy, Josh Downs. That's where we're going. Everybody knows that. It's not there. I got to roll out. I'm extending the play. I'm extending the play. I'm extending the play. Bam. I'm hitting an unknown suspect, which not really. He's a great receiver. And he gets two feet in and game's over and I walk it off. And and so to me, it's just so impressive to see him each and every time. We we had him on Wednesday, last Wednesday. And just to see his confidence from from that perspective, you see why he's so good and, and you really understand it. Completely agree. I would say also Josh Downs is freaky. He made a big play on that last drive to extend it. And so when you have him, you go to him often, as they did. He had nine catches. But when he's not open, he he commands so much attention that he can open things up for Green and Jones and for these other guys. And that's been so effective for UNC. Are you concerned at all, Mac, before we finish off with Virginia Tech and Miami, are you concerned at all about Drake May's fumbles? Because we we saw this issue with Sam Howell (laughs) a little bit. He had two fumbles. Yeah. In this Duke game, any concern? No, because of how they happen. So okay. the one, um, if if you uh, were able to see this, he was throw. It was an RPO. The running back hit his elbow as he's going back. So I mean, think if if you're about to shoot True. a ball or whatever, and someone inadvertently that you're not expecting hits your elbow. So his running back hit that, and it popped out. The second one. I kind of think was an incompletion and they mm, called fumble. Okay. I think his hand was coming forward and he still had enough to where I would have counted that as a pass, but they called it a fumble. So it was two very freaky things. I mean, if, if he's just sitting back there packing snowballs and gets blasted in fumbles, then yes, I, I would be. But it was very weird things. Um, kind of uncharacteristic. Two games in a row yeah. now has a couple of turnovers that's, for that's him. That's what but, I'm saying. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. I don't think so. Not with those. Maybe a little bit more of the picks, but he didn't have any picks, so I'm good. Okay. I'm good with it. <laughs> I, I kind of knew that would be your answer. All right, the last game here, Miami-Virginia Tech. Miami beats Virginia Tech 20-14. to I think the main story here is that Miami, as you've said, is still very much in the discussion in the Coastal, even though they lost to UNC. Yeah. Um, Tyler Van Dyke was really good again. He threw for 350 yards. They let Virginia Tech back in the game, but really this game was over. I thought Miami was was obviously the better team. Somehow Virginia Tech covered. I mean, this is why Vegas makes no sense. And this is not how I thought Virginia Tech would cover, but there you go. I thought it was a good sign, Mac, with Miami. They still threw the ball 46 times, but they did run the ball a little more effectively, which was good because they're not going they're not going to go away from the run, Mac. They're still going to do it. So if they can do it a little better, that's a good sign for Miami. Yeah, I, I... I'm on the fence about this because we've seen, you know, Miami have this new look offense against Mm -hmm. the worst defense in the ACC and world and the worst team in the ACC in Virginia Tech. So I'm just concerned about the future for them. Now, as I said, they are squarely in the race and they're not in the driver's seat, but they're in the car. And just seeing what what is this team going to look like? Because Mario Cristobal and the staff came out and said, 
we do not want to throw the ball 60 times a game. We don't like it. That's not who we're going to be. And then they throw it 50 times. And I'm sure they're going to come out and say, that's not who we want to be. That's not whatever. I want to see them combine the first couple of games with the last couple of games and like have this balance. Like at first I thought they were just trying to be super vanilla and not give things away and run the ball, which they did very effectively. And then it kind of was who they were for a little bit. And then we benched Tyler Van Dyke. We lose the most embarrassing loss of the season for the ACC. And now we're like, well, just let him throw it a hundred million times and see what happens. So like if we could just combine those to where we can get back to running the ball effectively and they didn't have their marquee back. He did not play. They haven't had Parrish. Um, so it's this weird combination. They got the win. Like I said, they're, they're there. TVD looks fantastic. He's throwing all kinds of amazing passes um, and, and really just reminding people how good he is. But when you play a good team, you're not going to be able to win this way. And we saw that against mm-hmm. Carolina. And I don't know. you got to figure it out. You have to figure it out if, if you want to compete and try to play in Charlotte. We saw it against Middle Tennessee, um, which is yeah, not terrible. a very good team. We'll see with when they if they get Parrish back, that would be a, a big difference maker for them. But it's almost to a point where, yeah, you shouldn't throw the ball sixty times a game. Like that doesn't really work for anybody. But you have to adapt to the roster you have and the players you have. Exactly. And the healthy exactly. players you have. Yes. And is that the way you might win this year? I don't know. Right. Right. I, I totally agree with that. And that was funny. You know, JC asked us yesterday. Um, on the show, they were like, yeah, is Tyler Van Dyke figuring out this Miami offense? I said, absolutely not. He's just, this Miami <laughs> offense is figuring out Tyler Van Dyke I like that. and how to use them. I like so that. I, I, you got to give a lot of credit to that young man and the things that, that he's been able to do yeah. here. I got to give one more shout out, too, uh, of this defensive lineman here and, and Mesador. I'm sorry if that's not how you pronounce your name. This dude had almost four sacks, a million tackles for law. Like he was on a mission. And I kind of thought we would see that more from him, the big defensive lineman there, number 90 from Miami. But he went crazy. So look to see. This Miami defensive line is getting better yeah, and better and better. Look out for those guys as, as they start turning it up. I would also say Virginia Tech is bad, but you know what? Very we'll bad. see. Very bad. Very bad. Confidence <laughs> is a big thing. Momentum's a big thing. And Miami has Duke right. next. Should be able to win that game. But hey, look at Duke. The silver lining for Miami there is at Miami. Yeah. So Duke will not have their superpowers. Road Duke. Should be road Duke. They won't have the amazing atmosphere that is Wallace Wade. <laughs> that, no, they will not. They will not. They will not. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, that's it. A great weekend. A lot of fun. Uh, cannot wait. We got a really big guest coming up on Wednesday. I'll give you this one hint. He wears orange. That's all I'm going to okay. tell you. You can right. figure that's it good. out. You can good figure job. it out. There's a lot of teams that wear orange there. You, you can figure out who it was. I gave the baby blue out last week or Carolina blue, and that, that probably – was a dead giveaway. We'll see if you guys can figure it out. Uh, can't wait to talk to them. And then, of course, Friday, pretty big weekend. Not as big. There, there's some fun matchups. Not as big as this last weekend. But there's a pretty big matchup in the Atlantic that, of course, is, is going to have a lot of people's attention. Can't wait to talk about it. Go get SiriusXM. Check us out on your phone, in your car. We can follow you anywhere. But we also need you to go over to YouTube. Go over to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Leave us a little review as well. It's always fun to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see y'all.